It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Did it did it catch all my audio that time, Greg? It did. Okay, good. Sometimes it doesn't. Just so everyone knows that. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Monday check-in on a not Monday this week. Um, I don't care what your calendar says. It doesn't really matter. Um, uh, This is the Monday check-in from First Presbyterian Church. I am Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors at First Pres, uh, joined by another pastor at First Pres. Greg Allen Pickett. And also with a special guest this morning, uh, currently serving as the uh, chaplain and director of service learning at Hastings College, uh, Reverend Doodle Harris. Hello, Doodle. Hi, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's our pleasure to have you. So um, I'm noticing, Greg, that you're the only one uh, without bookshelves in your in your background. It's true. I um, I'm largely anti-academic. I don't read books. <laughs> Um, or it's mm-hmm. also possible that my camera angle just doesn't highlight the whole wall of bookshelves that I have mm-hmm. over there. But mm. either way, you can you can take that how you will. <laughs> yeah. Though uh, I should it should also be pointed out that I'm the only one without uh, window shades because you're anti window shade. I am actually. <laughs> Yeah, so so there you go. Uh, this is the Monday check-in. So what we do is we chat a little bit. We take um, a look at the scriptures that are going to be used at First Pres for the upcoming Sunday. This upcoming Sunday is Hastings College Sunday at First Pres, and Doodle will be preaching. Uh, and so Doodle is joining us this morning to, to chat about that a little bit. So we do a little mini Bible study. We take a look at the scripture. We um, consider the questions that we might have for it, the questions that it might have for us. And then we switch gears and talk about the life of the church. And we generally will start with an opening prayer. And then uh, also we do a closing prayer. Greg, would you be willing to do the opening prayer? And then when we get to the end, Doodle, will you be willing to do the closing prayer? Sure. Yeah, although I figured with Doodle's history in youth ministry, we were just going to do nose goes on who is going to (laughs) pray. And the last person that got their finger on their nose has to pray. And Doodle, that's you. So we'll have you do the closing prayer. Um, And maybe before we read the scripture, Damon, let's uh, learn a little bit about Doodle, starting with, and I know all of our 19 loyal listeners are wondering um, about your name, Doodle. So you could tell us a little bit about yourself, including your name, and uh, and then maybe we can jump in. How's that sound? Sure. <laughs> sure. So I was born in South Georgia in a town called Moultrie that is known for the largest agricultural exposition in North America. And in towns like Moultrie in South Georgia, it is not unusual to name children after their parents. So I have the exact same name as my mother. And my brother has the exact same name as my father. And what a challenge that is. And I do not recommend that to anyone. 
But the consequence is that you have to find nicknames for your children. So they have something to be called. So uh, growing up, I was known as Doodle. And my brother, no surprise to South Georgians, was called Bubba. Um, Wait, does he still go by Bubba? <laughs> he doesn't. He did switch when he went to he went to college at Yale, and he thought Bubba Harris was not the name of the academic that he wanted to be. So he changed to Michael. I mean, that's his his real name, but yeah, he. Um, but I didn't because I always felt like Doodle was appropriate and fitting. And uh, of course, Damon said you're the chaplain. I mentioned you did youth ministry. Tell us a little bit about what uh, what brought you here, Doodle. Uh, well, really, Greg, that would be you. <laughs> no, I was, um, I was sensing a change. Um, so yeah, I've been in the church for the last 14th. Actually, I have worked nonstop at a church since I was 16 years old. And I love the church um, and the institution, but it'd been a long time. And so I was sensing a call in a different direction. Um, and I don't, but I was trying to figure out for the longest time, how do you marry this love of and desire to teach God and this love of and desire to, I mean, not teach God, teach about God and work with young people. And so college chaplaincy sort of seemed like the next thing to explore. And so far it's been a blast. And the students here are creative and diverse. And I, every time I sit down and have a conversation, they surprise me. And so that has been an amazing adventure for the last couple of months. Outstanding. So I'm, I'm sorry. Outstanding. I love it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So Damon, I don't... Any other quirky interview questions to ask Doodle before we read the scripture? Um, if you could be a tree, what kind of tree would you like to be? That was my opening writing assignment in my creative fiction class um, that I took in college. True story. There we had mm -hmm. to answer that question. Um, and I have no idea what I answered to that question 20 something years ago. But um, today it would be the type of tree that gets to see dogs walk to under its shade and have children climb it and to be a part of a community um, and to enjoy those who gather around it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what type that is. Sounds deciduous at the very least. You know what we could do is make sure that uh, Will Locke listens to this podcast and he, Doodle, will let you know which tree you have <coughs> described. Uh, and then you can answer that question with significantly more authority. Outstanding. I look forward to that. Okay. Not only that, he will offer to take you uh, to see uh, the oldest example of it in Hastings. <laughs> I which, have no doubt. Which is actually in Robin Couser's backyard, in case anyone was wondering. Is that the oldest one or the biggest one? Uh, I... Somehow the tree in Robin Cooser's backyard is on some register of trees. I don't know whether it's oldest or biggest. And that has not yeah. allowed him to not be able to uh, add the garage that he wanted to because it would have required him to cut down this registered old big tree. It's a long story. Yeah. Actually, that was most of it. I, it's not that long of a story, is it? I gave you all the details right there, didn't I? That was most of it. Um... 
there, there are a few, a few, a couple of key details that uh, were left vague. Like what kind of tree it actually is. <laughs> sure. And what exactly about it is special. But <laughs> I think it's probably time for the opening prayer. Indeed. Let's, uh, let's join our hearts and minds together in prayer. Gracious and loving God, thank you for trees. Thank you for humor. And thank you for the opportunity you give us to gather and to study your holy word and the implications that it has for our lives. May your Holy Spirit be presence in this conversation. May it move among us and give, it a, give us a spirit of wisdom and courage, a spirit of truth, and above all, a spirit of love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So for this upcoming Sunday, um, we have, uh, Judah will be preaching on a passage from Jeremiah chapter 32. Verses 1 through 3a, and we'll see if I've decided uh, correctly where 3a is and where it isn't, and then 6 through 15. I think I got it, but we'll see. Um, and I get to read it this morning um, because I won't get to read it on Sunday morning. So uh, Jeremiah 32, 1 through 3a, comma 6 through 15. And it reads something like this. <clears throat> the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of King Zedekiah of Judah, which was the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar, at that time, the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem, and the prophet Jeremiah was confined in the court of the guard that was in the palace of the king of Judah, where King Zedekiah of Judah had confined him. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me. Hanamel, son of your uncle Shalom, is going to come to you and say, buy my field that is at Anathoth, for the right of redemption by purchase is yours. Then my cousin Hanamel came to me in the court of the guard in accordance with the word of the Lord and said to me, buy my field that is at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. For the right of possession and redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord, and I bought the field at Anathoth from my cousin Hanamel, and weighed out the money to him, 17 shekels of silver. I signed the deed, sealed it, got witnesses, and weighed the money on scales. Then I took the sealed deed of purchase containing the terms and conditions and the open copy, and I gave the deed of purchase to Baruch, son of Neriah, son of Mahasiah, in the presence of my cousin Hanamel, in the presence of the witnesses who signed the deed of purchase, and in the presence of all the Judeans who were sitting in the court of the guard. In their presence I charged Baruch, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, take these deeds, both this sealed deed of purchase and this open deed, and put them in an earthenware jar in order that they may last for a long time. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. And that's how it goes. Uh, Doodle, what do you got? Well, thanks for asking. Um, so I think the, 
The first thing to note here is that this is not a peaceful time in Jerusalem. There is, they are under attack. They are under siege by the Babylonians. And in general, that's not a good thing. <laughs> no one's sleeping, especially well at night or, um, there would be lots of questions about where is my next meal coming from? And if it's like other sieges around this time, we would suspect that some of the citizens have even already been run out of the city and um, are in exile. So uh, let me say, it's not the cheeriest of settings we have for a Bible story. Um, I was trying to decide what to compare it to in my sermon. And uh, Ukraine was, is what comes to mind right now. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead, Greg. No, no. That I'm that. That's exactly where my mind went with that description. Um, living under the under siege, under the threat of war, and that's one of the challenging things about this kind of war is you never know when it's going to sneak up, right? Um, I've got some experience having been in Syria during their civil war, um, and I was in parts that were generally peaceful, where the war was not taking place, but the the, the constant threat was there. And the supply chains were disrupted, and um, and so the communities that I visited were ones that were receiving internal refugees, internally displaced Syrians who couldn't get out of the country but could get to the parts of the country where there wasn't active fighting, and that's uh, that's kind of what we're seeing here. And so, um, yeah, I think Ukraine is a very apt uh, example of of that, and sort of describing that for people so they have a context is uh, is a real helpful thing. So, yeah. so then what? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's also, it, this is a condition that um, uh, informs a large portion of the Older Testament witness and scriptures, right? The people of Israel are kind of always being in the process of, either in the process of being conquered by someone else or anticipating being conquered by someone else. Or um, and then as a result, looking for some sort of salvation from these sorts of things. I you know I I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? I, I mean, part of it is is this looking for some military aid. In in all honesty, right? And um, and that's kind of and then that raises really interesting theological questions. Uh, for the people who believe themselves to be the chosen ones of God. Um, in particular, um, uh, God, uh, where, what's going on? Where are you? I sort of have this dream on my bucket list, and I give it to you freely if you all want to enter into this, but I've always envisioned a sermon series that comes, you know, right after the Exodus in Joshua, where they're entering the promised land, the land that God has promised, and yet they have to fight battle after battle after war in order to be in the land that was promised. And I just ask myself, what is so promised about it? And how is that like our own lives? Like, where do we have to really work hard to claim God's promises for us? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get into this really detailed description of how to do a real estate transaction. Oh, can I back up first, though? Greg? Oh, yeah. I, what are the what are the more interesting pieces of, of the description is that we find out that Jeremiah, through all this, is confined to the court of the guard. And one commentator I said 
describe this that might be like a, a courtyard outside of the palace. And I noticed at First Pres you have a courtyard. So I was thinking one of you should go camp there for the week and let us know what that's like. <laughs> um, so that courtyard, <laughs> nose goes, David already. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, that, uh, that courtyard uh, has not been used a lot. And then last fall, uh, when we were still under some of the threat of COVID, uh, we utilized that courtyard as a space where our youth choirs rehearsed. And in that process discovered that courtyard is very noisy because of the traffic zooming by on 7th Street. Um, so uh, I would like to sleep well at night and um, would prefer not to, to be placed in a courtyard with brick walls where traffic is zooming by and the noise of traffic is echoing. Um, however, I know Damon doesn't mind putting in earplugs and going into loud places. So perhaps he's the better candidate for your proposal doodle. I'm not sure how you know that, but, <laughs> but, but who is, okay. Uh, Jeremiah is being confined there, uh, confined by King Zedekiah, uh, being confined there as like, like a good luck totem, sort of yeah. a, so why is he being confined? He's being confined there because this is a person of God and uh, we think that we really kind of feel we need to keep this person of God close to us because he said things that angered somebody. Yeah. I think yeah. he said things that, that's angered King Zedekiah. Okay. Um, because even though it is a bit of su a surprise to Zedekiah that they're under siege, we find out from reading earlier in Jeremiah, it's really no surprise to Jeremiah. He's been saying this all along. And so my best guess is that Zedekiah is operating under this idiom of keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And that we're keeping an eye on Jeremiah to see what he is up to in the middle mm. of this difficult time. Yeah. Where is he going to cause more problems? Because this is like, yeah, go ahead, Greg. This is chapter 32 of Jeremiah. We have 31 chapters of Jeremiah wandering around the city of Jerusalem, letting them know that this is coming. And, and it's, it's, it's a causation versus correlation thing, right? Is this happening because Jeremiah has spoken into existence? Or was Jeremiah just prophesying or reporting on what was going to happen, whether he had said it or not? And no doubt Zedekiah probably thinks that some of this may be because of Jeremiah prophesying it, as opposed to Jeremiah sort of reporting what's going to happen. Yeah. This is also just kind of what tends to happen to political dissidents, right? They, they tend to get rounded up <laughs> and, and silenced in some way, shape, or form, right? And so, that, I mean... Yeah, but we find out that yeah. Zedekiah is ultimately not very successful at silencing Jeremiah. <laughs> Certainly not in this right. passage. Mm -hmm. um, no. Go ahead. Yeah, go and, ahead. Greg. Well, and Jeremiah is allowed to receive visitors and do real estate transactions, even from his imprisonment, which is fascinating as well. Um, yeah. When I, I when I read through this the first time, Doodle, I read this as, oh, this is like a, uh, this is a put your money where your mouth is sort of a story. Is that how you are reading it or? Absolutely. That's that's what we're going to go on Sunday morning. It's the ultimate put your money where your mouth is passage as described by one commentator. And frankly, it's a stewardship sermon. 
It's a stewardship passage. Um, so, so I don't really know when, when Pledge Day is at First Pres, but it, it's worth revisiting. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you, can, uh, you can do that for us on uh, November 6th. You can come back and, um, and share this, uh, this passage with them. How about that? So I had this youth pastor 100 years ago who like literally wanted us to go through our checkbooks because at that time it was checkbooks. I guess now it's an app at what our latest purchases was and where we, where we spent our money and see what that revealed. I, I think he may have ultimately been guilting us into giving to the church too, but um, that was this passage reminded me of that very much. I think that would be interesting to talk about in your Bible study, Greg, like where do we give our money and what does that reflect about what we believe? Yeah. And also like about what your hope or vision for the future is, right? Sure. Like Jeremiah here, he's buying land that is about to be conquered um, <laughs> by, by someone else. So there's really, this is a pretty foolish um, purchase decision here. Um, but, you know, that last, the verse 15, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. And that the purchase reveals he's buying into this hopeful vision of, of the future in some ways, but, I suppose. Yeah, not just buying into it, but making sure everyone knows yeah. making sure everyone is at the courtyard seeing what he's doing making sure those contracts are kept forever in those earthenware jars mm -hmm. he's kind of being a little obnoxious about it well <laughs> yes and to return to the comparison we opened up with this would be as if somebody here in the united states or 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 in ukraine but decided to purchase land in eastern ukraine right now right land that has gone back and forth between Russia and Ukraine at least two or three times since the initial invasion in February. And I'm like, yeah, that seems like a wise investment. I'm going to go ahead and buy myself a farm and, and maybe a hotel there in eastern Ukraine, um, not knowing, you know, is Russia going to have another major offensive? Is Ukraine going to be able to hold it? All that stuff. And yet that's the, that's the statement Jeremiah is making, and he's making it boldly, and he's making it publicly of I believe in the hope and the future of this place, and I'm y'all are going to see this, right? Yeah, he, he's not. Go ahead, Doodle. Oh, I'm sorry. He, he's doing it also publicly, but also in the face of Hannah Mel, his cousin, whose father owned the land, and we know that they're all of the tribe of Benjamin. They would have all been priests. They, that would have been passed down from father to son. So. Not only is he saying that to the commoners, if you will, but he's saying that to the other priests, that he has hope where they are looking to get rid of it. So I, that for me is an interesting point. Yeah, he's not out like um, prospecting, right? He's not, you know, he's not trying to like, oh boy, if I buy this land on the cheap and don't tell anybody, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna really rake in the bucks uh, here in a few years. Um, it's a public, um, yeah, it's a, it's a public declaration in a lot of ways. I was struck by the, the word choice um, in verse eight. 
um, by my field that is at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, for the right of possession and redemption is yours. Um, buy it for yourself is what his, what his cousin says to him, but um, the, the right of possession and it's your right to redeem this land, which could just mean, you know, cash in your coupon uh, and, and, and redeem it that way. But it also has deeper meaning, I suppose, as well. Yeah, it gives him the opportunity to work the land, to see what he can grow on it, to see what he can make of it, um, to see what it will be when it comes time to give the land to his own next of kin. Yeah. Uh, what else? What are we missing? Anything? I think that really about covers it. I mean, that that sort of feels like where where I'm going with it. It's just really interesting that this scripture about investing in land comes up in the year of the church's 150th and the year of the town's 150th and the college's 140th anniversaries. I mean, there's mm -hmm. someone clearly did that 140 and 150 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, bought into some sort of hopeful vision of the yeah. future. And then I suppose, you know, a question for us, maybe, okay, what hopeful vision for the future are, are we being called to buy into as, as individuals or as communities or whatever the case might be? Interesting. Uh, so you think that this will, you think this will preach, Doodle? <laughs> I'm sure going to try. <laughs> okay, Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, then, is it time for us to change gears, talk a little bit about the life of the church at First Prince? Yeah, let's do that. All right. You want me Go to do for that? it? Yep, yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, well, if you haven't guessed, this Sunday is Hastings College Sunday, the, <laughs> the Sunday that we celebrate our, uh, our special relationship with the college. What that means is that we're going to have um, the Hastings College Choir helping to lead us in worship, as well as the Hastings College Handbell Choir. Uh, Doodle will be preaching. Uh, Dr. Rich Lloyd, the president of the college, will be one of our liturgists. Um, and so it's going to be a delightful Sunday. That's at our 1030 service on Sunday. Uh, in addition, we have something really special planned for that 1030 service, um, which is a celebration of Dr. Robin Kuzer, who... Uh, was a Hastings College student starting 50 years ago. Uh, and that began his work with the music ministries of First Presbyterian Church as well. When he was a, a, a freshman at Hastings College, he came over to First Pres and started helping with our music ministries. And so that marks 50 years of Dr. Kuzer um, being helping to lead our music ministries at First Pres. And so um, part of Hastings College Sunday will also be the world premiere of a commissioned choral piece that celebrates that 50 years of service that Dr. Kuzer has given to First Pres. So it's going to be a really remarkable Sunday, and we hope you can join us um, at that 1030 service for all of that. Um, the following Sunday, uh, which is October 2nd, uh, most Protestants celebrate as Worldwide Communion Sunday. Uh, and so we're going to do the same thing we did last year for Worldwide Communion Sunday, which is go worship over at Hastings College 
outdoors at what's called the Steinhardt Plaza, which is where the, all those international flags are at 9th Street, where 9th Street used to go through. And now there's that beautiful brick arch and all those international flags. And so um, that's that's not this Sunday, the 25th, but that's Sunday, October 2nd. Uh, we'll still do our, nine, our 8.30 service at the chapel. We'll still do Sunday school here in the church. And then once Sunday school is over, we'll invite everybody to head over weather permitting to Hastings College to join us for uh, World Communion Sunday, where we'll, we'll do that in the shadow of all the international flags, which represent our international students on campus. And we'll probably have some international students join us for that service and help lead that service for us. So that's what's going on uh, with worship for the next two weeks. Uh, what's going on with Christian Ed, Damon? Well, we have Sunday school on on all of those days including our adult ed forum series this coming sunday uh, doodle has actually been leading a forum series for us um, using the show ted lasso as the basis to have some some theological conversations and so this coming sunday will be the the third and final installment of that um, series, which has been received really well. And um, if you haven't been to the other two, a person could still join in and have a lovely time um, talking with one, talking with others. So, uh, and if you haven't seen the show, you could join in and have a wonderful time talking and asking questions with others. So, so that is going to wrap up this coming Sunday. And I, then I got to start yeah, go there for just a second. Apparently one of the questions that Doodle asks in that uh, class is which of the characters in Ted Lasso do you uh, most associate with or find yourself in? And uh, Damon, I, I'd i really like to know the answer to that question for you. Yes, I was also asked this question. Of the characters that were on the screen at the time, uh, I said Roy. Okay. Uh, so yes. that was your answer was based on who was on the screen at the time, not necessarily all of the characters in the show. There's a lot of characters in that show, Greg. Okay. But if you could pick one, is, is Roy the one that you feel like you're most? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I don't, yeah. Um, okay. Probably. There's probably a good chance. Um, or um, there's three, uh, I don't know their names. They probably have names. There's three fans that they hang out at the pub. They're always <laughs> at, the, at the pub. Uh, one of those three guys, like the um, like the most hopeful one. <laughs> the uh, love May, the pub owner. She she might also be one that she yeah. put up on that screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I, sorry. Let keep, me say, keep... Greg, that a. I would say about half the class said that they most identified with Leslie Higgins. Higgins. Huh. Higgins. Well, there so you I go. That was interesting. I find him so sacrificial and genuine. Mm-hmm. And um, I, that was really heartwarming. <laughs> his commitment to his wife and his family is pretty remarkable, too. I admire that about his character a lot. Yes. All right. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, Damon. Carry on. What else is going no. on in the world of Christian Ed? He gets to be nice all the time. Right? Like, Sometimes too nice. Sure, but 
Uh, okay, so that wraps up this coming Sunday. The following Sunday, uh, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh will be beginning a, serve, a series of forums, uh, taking a look at salvation and in particular uh, universal salvation as a theological doctrine. Um, where do we get this? From and what do we think of it and and those sorts of things. So, um, so that should be uh, that'll also be really interesting as well. Folks are familiar with Dan's work. Uh, you know that there will be uh, a lot to digest uh, over the course of that, but it will be presented in a very digestible way. It'll be well prepared, I would say. So, uh, so that starts uh, the following Sunday. All right. And for our children and youth, we have our Wednesday night activities going on for our preschool through fifth graders. Uh, they'll start at five o'clock uh, with dinner served at six and pick up at 645. Uh, that includes uh, choir and bell choir and fellowship and fun and, and a meal. Um, and then our middle school and high school uh, fellowship has been moved to Sunday evenings uh, from five to seven, which also includes bell choir, vocal choir and uh, time for supper and fellowship, right? That's my understanding. I hope it is, since <laughs> you're the one leading that. Well, parts of it. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, what else do we need to tell them about? Anything we need to know from uh, Hastings College side, Doodle? It's homecoming week this week. As you mentioned, it, it, leads, to, um, it leads to uh, the... College Sunday there at First Press, but it, there's going to be a lot of alums back. And so I'm excited to, to see them and, and be around. Um, all the teams are in town playing this weekend. So I, it's just an exciting time to be on campus with cooler weather and enjoying. It, it's sort of for me like a, um, you know, we talk about cloud of witnesses. I feel like the cloud is coming to town and I'm, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Very nice. Well, then, uh, Duda, would you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Not at all. Let us pray. Holy God, we do not always know where you are going, but we promise to do our best to be along for the ride, to advocate for those who need it, to serve those that we can, and to be your children to be those who are your hands and feet in this world. Bless us and guide us today, Sunday, and forever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, thank you, Doodle. And thank you. Yeah, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo. Mm -hmm.